0: A strangled scream, a klaxon wailing in the fog, a message scrawled in blood.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, that's the one.
0: And the part that you liked was a message scrawled in blood,
2: so. Uh huh, yeah, <laughs> it's the <laughs> one I picked, and I was like, that's the good one.
0: <laughs> that's the one I want. So I guess we'll get there today.
2: Uh, apparently. Again, hey, it, you know, it could still be happy. It could still be good. We don't know.
0: We don't know. And could sneak up on us and we could be like wow that was a hard road but man it was worth it to get here Mm-mm. i had a plan for a thing to do i
2: remembered what that thing was so we left off like as soon as i was done just wrecking the school and then you were like ah this gives me an idea
0: okay uh i have an idea again so i probably not <laughs> the same one but i'm gonna well, put it anyway um, great so i'm gonna grab a challenge Because I think that coming out of the training school, you see something on the horizon. Cheapers, okay. Well, that's good. That's that's good and right and true.
2: Is it because it is Plague and Changeling? Uh
0: Uh-huh. So Plague is another one of the dual headers. So it's Plague, Death, Contagious and Slow, and Darkness, a curtain thicker than the absence of light. Uh, And Changeling is a stranger behind a familiar face, rage unpredictable and uncontrollable.
2: There's no one on Earth that could take these two cards and conceivably get something good out of them.
0: Well, I mean, in in Changeling's defense, the inverse is an odd blessing, a mystery, unquestioned, a strange pallbearer. So there's there's good stuff to the Changeling, it's just I'm not taking that with me.
2: (laughs) We're just not using that part. Mm -hmm. And what event have you chosen? A challenge. Oh, good.
0: I have an idea of what I want to happen, but I'm trying to, like, frame it well. It's perhaps folly.
2: I see something on the horizon, and this is as I'm walking out of the school.
0: Mm, I don't actually. I think it's not in the horizon. I think it's in the um the town square.
2: I could just keep throwing questions at you. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good. Is this follow, like, like? Is it a bright light? Is it like something extreme and supernatural?
0: No, it's it's a dog barking at its owner. It's it's someone walking strangely and someone repeating the same sentence in a conversation that they're holding.
2: Oh, it is things just slightly out of step, like a record skipping. Exactly. It shouldn't be skipping, because it's not a record, because it's a human.
0: Right, exactly.
2: (laughs) This is multiple people?
0: Yes. You see it first in one person, but it rapidly spreads to everyone else in the courtyard, and it's... I I want to use the curtain thicker than the absence of light, but I'm not sure how.
2: Oh, fascinating. Okay. I, I I have thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's more about the source than about what's like visually like present mm-hmm. right now. That just to me insinuates something that is acting in between the mountain and us, something Ooh. that's like intervening.
0: Ooh, interesting. Yeah, it, the thing about this is that the people who are afflicted with it, they're not zombies, they're not violent. They're just doing things out of sync and out of reason. And that might involve lashing out, but it, it's not intentional. It's not.
2: Seven seconds later, they're like, "What? What just happened?" Yeah. Mm. Okay.
0: I think the place that you see it first is with the knight, with the the knight and his. What, what does the knight have? A squire? Is that true?
2: I don't know if this knight has a squire.
0: Uh, it's, does he? It's it's the the woman who was standing next to him at the thing and who was tending to his wound. Um, okay. I'm gonna draw up for her real quick. Ooh. Okay. So she's a former musician who is very superstitious because it's worked out for her. She's just a very lucky person. So yeah, I, that's fair. I pulled uh, Fiddler's Frozen, um, an artist tool to sweeten and empower clarity and, and strength through friction um, and misfortune, a chance encounter, a lucky ticket, a second chance. So I'll take these and. Yeah, so uh, what's happening is that the knight has drawn his sword and is replaying step-for-step step the fight he had with you in the courtyard.
2: Ha. Huh. Well. Okay, I think... Man. So, help me out mechanically, because I feel like Solstice is going to see this. Mm-hmm. and I feel like she... I feel like she recognizes this, is what I... My first inclination. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she is just sort of in that in-between of denial and shock. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like inaction, and then it's like, no, 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 it's not. That's not what this is. Mm -hmm. So that might be me just not making a move, and then you making a move? I
0: think you should reflect.
2: Oh, okay. I have drawn Hunter, uh, fur-laden, sharp-eyed, color of herds.
0: Or, the wolf in the woods, the monster in the water.
2: This is fine. Everything is fine. Both of those make me think that something really bad is happening. So I have reflected, which means the scene is ending, yeah?
0: Well, it means that I get to make a move. Um, Uh-oh. Which I should. I should make a move.
2: And you draw a prank. Uh, and it turns <laughs> out, it's just an elaborate <laughs> prank. All the villagers are just pranking me.
0: They're rehearsing for a play. It was for your birthday. Oh. You were supposed to see.
2: But I wasn't born. Thank you anyway. <laughs>
0: hmm. I'm just deciding how hard I should go.
2: Go pretty hard because, I mean, this is like the second to last event, That's right?
0: That's true. That is true. Okay.
2: Is that the Hay King? Is that what I'm saying? <laughs> the
0: Hay King? Yes. This is the Rat, rat, the rat King.
2: King. Rat King. Um,
0: <laughs> abandoning a sinking ship, amputating a necrotic limb.
2: Oh, boy.
0: After uh, a few minutes of the night recreating the events of yesterday with his squire trying to calm him down, before anyone can act, he's turned the blade on himself and is hacking away.
2: Whoa. Okay. Well... I'm going to play Sheriff. I believe I am turning it to Peacekeeper. Mm -hmm. I actually kind of like both. I kind of like Enforcer. Peacekeeper makes a little more sense here. Mm -hmm. Um seeing like as soon as he turns his blade on himself how does this look i think solstice has an ability that is akin to halting time Hmm. i think that it's a really really complicated ability because i think like when she uses this and when she looks at things this way she's seeing everybody's exertion of their will against reality and the threads of potential that sort of expand out it is like a really complicated metaphor that i can't think of that probably involves sewing Mm. i'm just imagining trying to look at like there's like a thousand interwoven threads in front of you and you're trying to just pluck one of them Mm. without touching anything else so she she like reaches out and i feel like just right across her face is fear and um wrath Mm. and there's probably a little bit of like Something like compassion, mm. and around the night, the shadows get deeper and darker, and hopefully he completely stops and sits totally frozen mm. and In the ensuing quiet from that, solstice says, we have to climb the mountain, um so I'm going to play the sheriff, and I'm going to play it on there's literally a night card, isn't there somewhere. Uh, yeah,
0: it's over here.
2: Yes, I'm going to do that, I think. Should I cross Sheriff overnight?
0: If you want to. I mean, it sounded like you were pulling from both sides, so...
2: Yeah, I I think I really was, so... Mm. Does anyone... What does everyone do?
0: So this is, I think, the vibe of it. I think that when you return to the training school, that people are in uh, a similar state to the night, except that you weren't there to stop it. Ah. There are, like, a couple of people who just weren't affected, like the, um, the squire wasn't. hmm But they are shaken to the core. And the prevailing theory is that this was clearly retribution from the gods. Nothing else does this. And so the vitriol swallowed back by shame, a trap's jaws rusted shut. Maybe one person here, out of the, like, class of 30, is willing to go up the mountain with you. Everyone else is going home um actually i don't i don't even think they're going home i think they're leaving the city
2: she uh so like where is this dialogue sort of happening is it all kind of happening at the school or you think we've like relocated to a more central area
0: um i think it is happening sort of in front of the school
2: okay yeah yeah because there's just like very badly wounded people um that we have carried out and people are are rushing and yeah there's a big gathering mm-hmm. Solstice says, when I said we have to go up the mountain, I misspoke. Mm -mm. I mean, you must go up the mountain. If you don't go up the mountain, you're going to end up like them. I'm going to drop the C here. Can you read the C for us? Uh, Because I'm going to say something else, but I really like the way the C is written.
0: So the C is not a drop to drink, an unfathomable distance, an abyss that light has never touched, or uh, the kiss of the surf against the shore, sunken treasures, nets full of fish.
2: She says, if it comforts you to think that this is the retribution of the gods, then think that and go and find succor with the mountain and seek forgiveness. Please. Hmm. This is me calling on an ancient memory of mine. And um, I think I have like a really, really good and deep understanding of what this is. And now that this is happening, I... I think I understand more of Solstice's... Like, I don't think she knew this is what happened, Mm. but I think she thought that this might happen. Mm. Maybe. And it's one of those things where it's like, nah, nah, there's no way. There's no way it's going to happen again. Mm -hmm. And she went back and forth, but here it is right in front of her, and she can't be paralyzed right now. She can't be in the grips of fear. She can't go hide. She has to do something. So, let's see. The center, and... I want to play, if this sounds right to you, I want to put the C between the center and the method.
1: Hmm. Yeah. that
2: makes sense? Because this can hopefully be the ultimate bridge of motivation to whatever is analogous to, uh, retribution Mm -hmm. (laughs) or safety, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you did just make the hardest move possible, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Can I, um, I think maybe you're thinking through things, um... What this reminds me of is my favorite episode of Doctor Who. Um, It is, oh man, I always forget what it's called. It starts fine. He's gone on like, he's on a a foreign alien world and he's gone on a train. And it's like a tourist thing and they're they're seeing the sights. This is, oh, it's called Midnight. And this is David Tennant, best doctor, by the way. Um, And it's a genius episode because it, it is all completely contained inside of this train. It's a bottle episode. Um, and there's like, you know, six or seven characters. And what happens is, first, like, you know, spooky things happen, like the pilots die or whatever. And then no one knows what's going on. And then one of the passengers on the train starts to mimic what other people are saying. Hmm. They just start repeating it. And people are like, that's really weird. And it's like, that's really weird. Hmm. And then it gets to the point where it is speaking at the exact same time as everybody else. And then it gets to the point where he's speaking ahead of what everyone else is saying. It's such an intense episode. I highly recommend you watch it. And um, for all that the Doctor has done, the Doctor is this very adventurous character who's gone and seen so many things and defeated so many things. He like he doesn't win that episode. Like oh, wow. he just survives it. He like just makes it out. And at the end, um, there's kind of a thing where he's just so harried and like just sitting down and just like in disbelief. And um, his companion says, like, I'm glad you make it, made it out of there or something like that. And he's like, you can say that again. And she says, I'm glad you made it out of there. And he's like, don't. <laughs> don't. That's very good. It, it, it is very good. I, I recommend it.
0: Uh-oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you uh, the siren.
2: Uh-oh. Thank you.
0: <laughs> this being uh, a kind of bell tolling, right? mm it's interesting because the people here have been listening to you, but they've been filtering it through their own desires and their own agenda,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and now they've, they've actually heard what you said. Ah. I think that a small contingent of the folk who are still here, and I think this is this is contested, I think a lot of people are, are unhappy about this for a number of reasons, some of them being the diehard folks who are, are still gung-ho about, about bringing down the Pantheon,
1: mm.
0: being like, what one tiny amount of retribution and you're running scared like hmm. not that this is justified but <clears throat> that we can't even weather this tiny storm is pathetic and they phrase it like oh these people are turning tail at the slightest problem and there are people who who think this is not enough who remember the old days of, of sacrifice um and this i think what they're bringing up is oh no this is also the river is the thing oh yeah oh man so the card that I'm playing is William's Long, common bells turned from furnace to songbook. Um, so I think that this is uh, some essential part of the city that they are using as a sacrifice. But it's also the river babbling in a familiar voice, muffled words without meaning. I think that that person is coming with that group, but I'm not sure in what capacity. I don't know if they're a prisoner or if they are tagging along behind, um, or like even that they're supposed to be there. Okay. Uh, what do you think the uh, the Colin Bellows that they're taking to the mountain, what do you think that sacrifices? I mean, you can draw for it if you don't know, but The knight? <laughs> wow, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, it is. That makes sense, though. Um, yeah. They've got him on, like, a cart or something.
2: Lots of bandages. Um, is he aware at all, or is he pretty well out? Um, I'm gonna
0: draw for that. Uh, Angel, ancient machinery, abandoned and disrepair. So I don't think he is okay like maybe he comes in and out but he he doesn't know what's happening
2: does anyone not go up the mountain because i'm not going again Mm -hmm. does anyone stay in the city or or leave
0: well there are definitely people leaving the city i'm not sure that 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 is anyone that we've named yet right like i think the squire is going up with uh the knight to the mountain maybe you see the host of the feast is trying to argue with people to get them to stay um Mm -hmm. and is having no luck i'll draw for them really quick why not
1: the
2: host is trying to stay in the city
0: yeah (laughs) okay that's cool i pulled trickster and phoenix wine trickster is quick and clever bane of the greedy enemy of those in power or a mad god thoughtlessly cruel giddy with malice and phoenix wine is alchemist's fire in a crystal decanter a wrath portioned and contained and the inverse of that is a single fiery feather poisons the supply and turns the sea to glass. So I think, I think they're very good at talking, and usually this works. Usually they can talk the pants off basically anybody, but, um... So what are you doing while they're taking the night up the mountain?
2: I'm trying to get everyone else... Well, uh, that's the thing, I'm not forcing anyone out of the city. A thing about Solstice, and I don't know exactly why she's this way, she doesn't force people to do things. Mm -hmm. She'll make compelling arguments. The reason I make that distinction is because she's, like, very, very capable of forcing people to do things Mm -hmm. Um, because I think she's pretty powerful. So if she wanted to, she could just force everyone up the mountain. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's not doing that. She's very much a creature of, like, poise and grace. The kind of person who um, moves with deliberation and even when she's moving quickly it doesn't seem like she's in a hurry Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I think that she's kind of going around and maybe putting in the right word for the right situation or just standing nearby to coerce people into going up the mountain or whatever Mm. honestly she will take people just leaving the city if she has to yeah I think this scene does settle on her with the host is the host like the mayor or um some kind of Council member.
0: I think this is the mayor's kid. Okay. I'm picturing them as as very tall and very wide, and it's like with with a body as as big as their personality is. Um, <laughs> and I think that they're sort of young to mid twenties who sort of came into this task to like help helps their parents their their mother will say with not governing per se, but like talking to people and getting a sense of of where things are. And I think the wrath portioned and contained part of it is that they're extremely good at cooling tempers. Mm. They're good at handling situations, and they're not handling the situation very well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Finally, they've met something that is out of their scope. They're arguing with a farmer being like, hey, we're so close to harvest. Like, the end of the summer is in a couple of weeks to stay until then. You'll have... Food for the road, and the rest of us will will have a chance of making it through the winter and they turn to you and and is like, "Ask solstice, like, please help me out here."
2: <laughs> she smiles politely, and then with actual earnest curiosity, she says, "Have you all heard the strain of solstice? It's a very old song
0: mm-hmm. well, I haven't says the host
2: she says. If you would humor me, I would like to play it. for
0: Please.
2: I don't know how many people are around. She, she certainly hopes more people will gather. Um, I'm going to play Princess, which is sheltered and fearful, seen and never heard, expected to suffer lightly. I think that for some reason now she has a yeah, hand harp? Um, or she could have a full harp. I mean, whatever looks cooler. She starts to play a song that is um, sort of melancholically hopeful. It has sort of that edge of like deep, profound sadness, but with sort of a rising reason for it all to be happening. And it's about um, Solstice. And I think the way that the lyrics are written, it's actually not totally clear that Solstice is like a unicorn that's like hanging out around people and it it depicts the greatest city that mankind has ever crafted the um, pride of gods and men and and it talks about a corruption and a a sickness it doesn't go on to really um, specifically depict the sickness but the song repeats a refrain like three times which for the rest of the song structure is really odd. Um, there's probably like just a few off notes in there. The culmination of the song is that Solstice is frightened away um, and and sort of beaten back by the sickness. And um, despite all of the work and everything that was done in this this great city, it's completely undone and unwound. Yeah. And like, there must be a line something like, and Solstice sits alone. She finishes that song, and um, probably, I feel like the expe- expectation would be that maybe she'd turn her face and she has shed a tear but her face is carefully blank hmm. and her, her hands shift in such a way and, and the harp is gone. And she rises, runs her hands along her skirts, and she says, no, the harvest won't be arriving this year.
0: You just hear the, the snap of their brains as the farmer straight up just drives away. <laughs> um there's aid promised, but never awarded. And I think that the city quietly empties to... Uh, a holdout of a few families
2: i'm gonna put princess i guess i'm gonna put it in this pile over here to the left (laughs) where bane is Mm -hmm. it's our bane pile
0: so i'm gonna flip these two uh they are a cataclysm (laughs) or a gift
2: great great Uh (laughs) good
0: and this is what happens to this what happens as? Ezra's- Oops, I just took them instead of playing them. That was good.
2: Oh yeah, 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 that's great, that's good. <laughs> um, I see Arachne and Cursed Sword.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Look, you could have drawn, like, way worse things. So. I-
0: Honestly, this is not even how hard this deck goes, you're completely right. Yeah. So Arachne is bulbous-bodied, long-limbed, gossip mercenaries stronger than steel, or a quiet weaver, pride of the town, odd gossip outshone by marvelous deeds, um, and a cursed sword is a voracious blade, double edged, glittering red with an unquenchable thirst, or brittle steel, rusting armor, old marching orders for a new war. So Um eh?
2: before this, mm-hmm. um, did the mayor's child stay in the city?
0: I think so. My gut says yes. Um yeah. because I th- I think that their mother also stayed. And there's oh, a possibility okay. that even if even if the mayor had left that they would stay.
2: Okay. well, solstice is kind of going to be just a sort of moon orbiting them at mm-hmm. basically all times.
0: So the mountain stops smoking. The scars of the two gods begin to heal. One of them has been replaced. One of the scars has been replaced by a new image. And the strange, repeating sickness seems to lift from the people of the city. And this new creature comes down from the mountain. They are wearing the face of the squire. And they are wielding the sword of the knight, And they have this big, like... I'm trying to figure out uh, a line to walk that isn't just, oh, this is a big fuck-off spider. I think it's, um... Oh,
2: no. Oh, no.
0: (laughs) Because I think that it is the combination of everyone who went up the mountain.
2: What do you mean by a combination?
0: (laughs) I think think the way that it manifests is it's this very large figure who is, like, human-shaped and whenever she moves her arm there is an echo of like six or seven arms behind her arm that follow it okay
2: so it's like in a video game when like a bunch of characters are like standing inside of each other
0: exactly exactly um okay. or if, if you if you took an animation and stopped it and just overlaid all of the frames at once yeah i think her face shifts like that too in that versus the square and then it's the river which is very weird to look at and then it's 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 at times actually you know it the night is never there there is always like the sword that she carries this glowing blood-red sword it looks hot it looks like you took it directly from the smith and it just never cooled she comes uh walking down the mountain and the host who sees her starts to panic and i think is telling everyone around them to get arms, get ready for a fight, and everyone who is who's left here is absolutely like gunning for a fight. So it it, it takes very little uh, convincing.
2: Okay, Solstice, I guess, literally heads them off at the pass. Which the the, uh... the,
0: the god or the host?
2: Um, the god. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was gonna say the squire, but um, uh, Solstice is she is her unicorn, mm-hmm. and she is the same one that we saw in the beginning, lithe and sort of deceptively. There's like a deceptive lethality about her. It's There's something between like a fawn and like a black widow.
1: Yeah.
2: Boy, what do you say?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, because the obvious thing, literally looking her in the face now, is like, well, I messed up. Like, mm-hmm. I messed up. I thought the answer would be go and find cover with the mountain. Go to the most powerful thing nearby and like shelter under it. That was the wrong answer, evidently. <sighs> so I think she just says... So it's you. What um? What does it do? Does it stop when she comes out to face it? Um. Also, uh, is it appropriate?
0: Probably, probably she or them, because there are so many of them. Okay. Um, it is primarily presenting as the squire, but is shifting so much uh, that she or them is appropriate. I'm gonna draw to find out what to do. (laughs) Oh boy. Artisan, master of none, governed by moods, blinded by an unattainable ideal. I'm actually going to put this here, because uh, this sort of uh, solidifies something that I was suspecting. They lift the sword and point it at you. And they say in, I think their voice also sort of modulates the same way that their body does, uh, between one voice and many. In a similar way, probably, to the way that people were acting in the courtyard, but just like condensed They call on you to lead them to the mountain's heart. And it's like they're having a translation error. It's like, and I I think maybe they do speak in this different language, in this sort of language of the gods. And the word that they use for the mountain's heart is also the people's heart. um, It's also your heart. They want you to lead her to it.
2: I'm going to go ahead and play Grandmother's Ring. The appropriate uh, aspect of that is an old grudge. I want to play it between boon and center i think would be appropriate Mm. if not boon and desire boon and center works. Mm. solstice says you know that i will never do that so why ask
0: she says we have our reasons of course but you most of all to see this mountain crumble is the greatest justice the greatest truth that we can have she thinks she did this to us as a, as a, as a blessing. She thinks this was a gift. Do you understand?
2: The mountain. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Is this like M Night Shyamalan? Like is this like a plot twist thingy? Uh,
0: I'm, i I'm, I'm not sure. Okay. I, I, I don't know what uh, what I said actually meant. Okay.
2: Because. So what they said was she thinks she did this to us as as an act of retribution? Is that is that kind of the verbiage they use there? No, she
0: she thought she was giving us a gift.
2: Ah. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna definitely take this moment to reflect. Mm. And I have drawn Duchess
0: Ooh. Duchess is a passionate ally, generous patron, lavish host, or bad with money, hostile to criticism, detached from reality. Okay. Which gives me a chance to move, which is good. Cause yes, it does. I'm yes, hoping it does. I, would, I would be able to do this. An arrow flies through the air, the sort of sound of it uh, going past your ear, and hits the squire in the shoulder. And uh, coming up the mountain is the host and their hunting party. The host is knocking another arrow. And I think in very short order, you are surrounded by them.
2: You as in myself and the god thing? Yes. Okay. What did the arrow do? Did it, I should say, did the arrow hurt them?
0: Yes. I'm playing Phoenix wine. A single fiery feather poisons the supply and turns the seed to glass. I think that where it's struck in her shoulder, when she moves again, it leaves that shoulder behind. It is this crystalline shape that is now sort of attached to her. Does that make sense? It's, mm. like, it's like an echo that usually would fall back into place with her, but it is now frozen in that spot.
2: Oh boy, okay. So, yeah, I'm just going with what the cards are telling me to go with. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I'm trying to think of a different thing, but (laughs) it's just just the most congruous to me. You should also Um, take
0: your uh, your Atropos card at this point because you're gonna. Oh, okay.
2: Um, My Atropos card is as a reminder; it is Survivor, which is great. Mm -hmm. So I drew Duchess as a reflection, Mm -hmm. and Duchess has hostile to criticism Mm -hmm. um, and detached from reality. And um, to me, that reflects that Solstice is basically just not, like, totally sure what's going on. This is the unnamed, unknowable thing that that she faced before. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it makes more sense now. Like, it actually has more form. Mm -hmm. And it has, like, purpose. And it seems to be, like, from something. And that's very confusing. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that I'm noting is that a mortal weapon... Just hurt it. Mm-hmm. So that makes me think that an immortal weapon, like what Solstice could use, mm-hmm. won't do anything. Interesting. So I'm going to drop. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. I'm going to drop Hunter, Ooh. which is the um, fur laden and sharp eyed color of herds. Well, I want to allow you to make a move in this case. So I don't quite know how we want to structure this. So the arrow flies, hurts them, and then. You know, they're, they're being, like, surrounded on all sides. And I think Solstice is going to take that opportunity to, like, lunge in and strike. Hmm. So I'm playing Hunter because I think that the strike, like, Solstice's attacks are going to do nothing. Mm-hmm. But I'm playing Hunter because I think Solstice is going to draw completely back. <laughs> this is so extra. Um, <laughs> draw completely back. Lose corporeality. And imbue herself into the hearts and minds of the gathered people. Yes. And fight as and with them against this. Cool. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I'm gonna do that, and uh, that's gonna be. That seems to me like I should put Hunter between Center and Desire.
1: All right. Yeah. Right?
2: Okay. Uh, I'm gonna turn it so that we can see, still see the words of the other things.
0: Let's see. This is a little weird because I'm playing as both the squire and the hunters, so.
2: Should I draw for the um, hunters?
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, you should you should do that.
2: So I will draw a card, and it is moon. Oh good, that works could...
0: really well. I I know what I'm doing now.
2: <laughs> What's it? What does moon say? Tell me. Oh, I'm scared.
0: Sorry, uh. forgot you weren't <laughs> reading them. Um, moon is a solar eclipse, an uninvited transformation. Oh. Or a harvest moon, dark machinations illuminated.
2: Great, great. Do you want me to? Should I take that or give it to you? Um, or do we play it?
0: Uh, yeah, go ahead and play it.
2: Okay. What a mess this board is.
0: <laughs> the theory is that I am sort of backing off on, because it, even I have stopped using it, and I'm the only one who knows about it. Um, the theory uh-huh. is that when a card overlaps with another card, that you are involving that part of the story in the scene. So for instance, oh. uh, if I put, um, which kind of works for what you did with Hunter and Artisan, because you're having this fight on the mountain, which is the volcano. Yeah.
2: yeah. Huh. I think, I wonder if it's kind of like one begets the other. Because I feel like if you're playing it in roughly the right area on the board, mm-hmm. then it will kind of match up to the cards that are already there.
1: Yeah. It's really a mess. Oh well.
2: Um, well, yeah, because I've played uh, Moon next to Chasm and Phoenix Wine, which, I mean, I believe those things are involved in the situation.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think what that means is, and I'm I'm sort of piggybacking off of both an uninvited transformation and dark machinations eliminated. Mm -hmm. I think that you fall back uh, into incorporate whatever that word was you said, um, yeah, and you imbue your power to these hunters, and you feel also the mountain, and you can see the souls of the people who went up the mountain. You can see the squire in there, and you can see the knight bound entirely to the blade and you also feel something strange within the host and i'm gonna go back and turn this sideways this trickster
2: i know what are you doing (laughs) what are you about to do
0: because every arrow that the host lets fly they grow in power and every strike that the squire lands every hunter who's cleft into the host grows in power
2: That's not how that's supposed to work. No, it's not. Hey, what card did you just drop down real quick?
0: Mother of monsters, life spoken into the world, young and violent and unfamiliar. Oh. I think if you stepped back into a solid state, you would just see the host as a, a person rallying their troops, and that's how their band feels about it. But back here in this strange world, you can see their form changing and unfolding. I think that you've seen something like this before from the mountain i think you have been around no no you haven't no that's not true because there aren't any stories about gods dying nope and so there aren't any stories about gods being born either i'm gonna put that on hunter and artisan i think
2: so what do i feel of the squire like what do i see of them Mm. i mean i should be more specific um well where where do i feel the mountain's presence how about that
0: I'm gonna draw for that, so I have kind of a half-clocked answer, and I want a better one. Jesus fucking Christ! Uh, so I pulled priestess, a calming presence, a reality grounded, a divine purpose, oh. or crackling with power, mired in blood, melancholic and distant. Oh my! Um, <laughs> I think that if you look up the mountain, you can see the clearing, um, the outcrop where you had the conversation with the mountain goddess to begin with, and you see, in the same way that she was speaking through myth she is writing this myth she is documenting what is happening and i think that the divine purpose and like the reality grounded it's this is something that she's encouraging this is something that she has built for and that she is made for i think
2: a divine decision is being made here Mm -hmm. great i'm
0: actually gonna put this over here because it's it's something that you are seeing I'm putting it above Boon, just sort of playing off of the wandering monks recite truths that wound and knowledge that corrupts.
2: Hmm. we want to make sure I want to make sure I'm picking up on all the subtext here because there's a remarkable amount of subtext <laughs> for an improv game yep, um, and this is just for what solstice would know. Did the mountain make what the squire is, or do I not know?
0: The squire told you that she thought this was a gift.
2: She is very ambiguous
0: that's true. which is fine yeah what i was trying to communicate there was that they took the sacrifice up to the mountain in penance and, and as a cry for help and this is the blessing that the mountain returned to them
2: okay so she made them what they are yeah cool chill okay so the host over here they are growing in power, which is like not a thing that most people do usually.
0: No, not not typically. No,
2: I don't know anyone that's ever done that, especially as their I guess allies are dying. Mm-hmm. It seems like where's the river at? Where is the river? The river is with the squire, aren't mm-hmm.
0: they? Yeah, okay. you see them every so often surface and dive back in.
2: Okay, going to play going to play the siren. Not sure where yet, but I know I'm going to play it. Okay. Which is, you know, klaxon wailing in the fog, ominous stuff, message scrawled in blood, right? Is that what Siren is?
0: Uh-huh. I'm, I'm just going to read this really quick. Uh, the upright yeah. is uh, a strangled scream, a klaxon wailing in the fog, a message scrawled in blood. The inverse is a warning unheeded, jagged stones mistaken for safe harbor.
2: So Solstice, um, I think that my questions have pretty well reflected her conflict. Mm-hmm. She's very panicked. She's She's also very angry. Because this is bullshit. (laughs) Um, So the best way I can think to communicate this is that she is like pulling her essence down. Like as if her essence were chains. Like she is making them as heavy as possible. Mm. And then she is going to reach her chains for the squire. Mm. Oh yeah, and I played... What did I play? I just played the siren yeah, I put it way off here to the right. I'm going to put the siren um between Boon and Desire because I want it to be next to Arachne and Priestess. Cool. Um For the people at home, I have two cards. One of them is my atropos (laughs) So this is uh this is gonna happen. Uh Uh-huh. Okay,
0: I like this. Okay, cool. Um (laughs) Great. I forget what the what the lapse in judgment was initially but so the chains wrap around the shifting body of the squire and for a second for just a moment you have them trapped you can see them clearly as these individual people who are in orbit around this core this uh what is it I'm going to draw for it it's an artifact of some kind It's this glass sphere. Um, I pulled Dibold's lenses, which is uh, a change in perspective the clarifying of vision. So I think this is like a, a prism that they are all rotating around. And when you look into the prism, you see life reflected and refracted and pictures of the people that are in orbit around it, intimacies that they would never share and obvious things about them that are just completely overlooked. This strange, oscillating picture of, of what it means to be human and what it means to interact with a god. And for just a second, for just this moment, these things are all separated. What do you do with the second?
2: All of the people and the ideas are separated?
0: Mm-hmm. The card that I pulled was uh, Misfortune, a chance encounter, a lucky ticket, a second chance, that I played rather.
2: Do I have a a sense of the nature of this pause that's happening right now? Is this a... Is this, like, the apex of something that's about to be a freefall? Uh, or is this, like, um, everything's about to converge together again in a catastrophic way? Or just utter chaos? Or do I just not know?
0: Um, I'll pull for it. Okay. Or draw for it, rather. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Helpful. Um, I pulled blizzard, a cutting light cold in the wind, snow smothering the world in quiet. Uh, or heat wave, dead air, oppressive heat, unrelenting drought.
2: I mean, that sounds like... It sounds like an answer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'll just stack that over here, which overlaps with a tepid piece, which is really good.
2: Yeah, it is. Okay. Well, here's what I can do. Boy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to play the thing that is not my atropos, hmm. uh, which is Duchess, which is passionate ally, generous patron, lavish host. And it's not a play on words. We're not messing with that host over there. <laughs> um,
0: I don't know. The overlap's getting kind of close.
2: It is. Solstice, like, wants to reach out and grab... She wants to reach out and, like, save people and, like, mm-hmm. get them away and, like, f- protect them from what's happening. Mm-hmm. But I feel like either she doesn't have enough time or it's all just, like, at just past finger length mm-hmm. um, for her to do something like that. But my gut, I like, I just... You were talking about people separating out. The first thing I thought of was the river. Mm-hmm. I, like, imagine her just suddenly... <laughs> You know, in this sort of incorporeal fog of just images and people, she appears in front of the river and like, did we settle on they them for river? I think so. We okay. we,
0: we didn't really get to know the river very
2: well, so. Yeah. So she appears in front of the river with her hand. I feel like they're wearing like, um, I don't know why, like a, not a suit jacket, but like something with lapels. I don't know why. <laughs> She grabs them by the, their lapels and just looks at them with a great intensity and then shoves them out of this menagerie mm. and breaks them out of whatever else is about to happen. Like, they are free. They are not a part of whatever is about to go down. Mm. If I could save one person, it is someone who, as soon as I saw them, I thought that I had an ally finally. Mm. Uh, even if it was someone I realize is much more cosmically uh, young than I am, so I'm going to play. Ooh, is the river in here somewhere? Uh... Can we find it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think they were the pilgrim. Okay. I think.
2: Um. Uh, oh, that's cool. Because unicorns right there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm gonna do like that. I don't think that this is like kosher necessarily, but I'm gonna do that.
1: Ooh, cool. <laughs>
2: For the listeners, I I have turned Duchess sideways and, like, just managed to fit it in off of the board. (laughs) Like, if this was a table, it would not be able to stay on the table, just so that it can abut Pilgrim and Unicorn.
0: I'm torn because the image I really want is the slope of this path suddenly flooding. Ah. Also, while you were talking about the river, I was like, it would be really cool if they had good water-themed pronouns, but I'm not clever enough to come up with them right now. Yeah, And probably the lapels on their jacket are the bridges across their actual, like, physical body out in the world. Um,
2: oh, neat. I think that image of the sort of cleansing river is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really curious what happens as soon as I have, you know, thrown the river out. Like, what becomes of my chains and all of the people?
0: Oh, gosh. I'm actually going to draw because I don't have good cards for that. <laughs> That's fucking cool. Okay, I pulled black book. A registry, an almanac, a family tree, a public journal. Or, bribes taken, murders bought, secrets recorded. I think the squire starts to sing. And it's not so much language or notes, it's this outpouring of history. It's, it's dense images and flickering light on the walls through this prism, through the squire's heart. But speaks of the night, and of everyone who preceded the night. And all of the people who came up here to this mountain, and were transfixed or transformed and the many cracks and empty spaces in the legends that are inscribed on the mountain goddesses walls all of these things all of these histories replaying through words and through physical actions and i think that well, i have else I want to do but i want to give you well you have one card left so i might just move anyway yeah i
2: got one card so um, i can at this point i can reflect and that's about it
0: yeah i'm just gonna put that up on the life movement into the world There's just the truth that there has always been a legacy, an unspoken history of gods being killed and reborn, um, and that these stories have been left to erode. These histories have conveniently been left out. But the kind of literal river washing down the mountainside is bringing with it these stories. I think what the host does in response to this is they plunge their hand into the squire's chest and they seize the prism. And I'm playing a uh, bandit highwayman robber baron, both taken by fear and force. And as they wrench it from her chest, the voice falters and shifts, and the stories are changing because of who is holding it.
2: Oh, well, I have a card uh-huh. still. I have a c- one card remaining. Mm-hmm. And up until you said the last thing that you just said, I was pretty <laughs> sure it meant one thing, but now it could <laughs> potentially mean a different thing.
1: Mm.
0: And remember that your Atropos is not necessarily... The last thing that happens to you or your ultimate fate. It's just the last thing that you do. It's the last detail that you add to the story.
2: So, my Atropos uh, is Survivor, Scarcrossed in and Body and Mind, Wounded and Raw Hearted, uh, Shipwrecked Sailor, Mountain Roamer, Shiv Maker, Snake Eater. So, I like that top one. Uh, bottom one kind of still works too. I'm going to recollect all of my essence and reclaim the sphere. Hmm. The thing is that Solstice is doing that knowing full well she might be abandoning herself. Mm. Um, by grabbing that, she's like throwing herself to the fates. Mm. The sphere is something very potent and like beyond even her understanding. And I think for her to be what she is and for the sphere to be what it is, um, for her to, to grab it, but um, the idea for her is that, okay, so we have on one side, I don't know if it's necessarily a rewriting of history, but an you know, uncovering of truth. On the other side, we have the host, which actually, did you elaborate at all on what the host revealed when they held it?
0: Oh, on, on the stories that came out? No, I didn't. I'm going to do that. I was going to draw for it, but I have a card that's really good, so I'm going to play that. Okay. Um, Tender of Blooms, an apothecary, a purveyor of perfumes, poultices, and poisons. Or a gardener, a florist, a teacher. I like apothecary. I couldn't tell you to your face why. (laughs) But there's a sense that these are the same stories. And it becomes clear that this prism, in the same way that it was refracting the people and ideas in the heart of the squire, it refracts here. And while it was the core and it might have been the center around which the squire orbited, it wasn't something that she was wielding intentionally but the host knows how to use this
2: ah well solstice doesn't but she's a badass unicorn with like good powers so um so in thinking about all these things you're describing about things interacting with the uh i call it the sphere it's it's a prism Mm -hmm. solstice is desperately making sure that what emerges from this is enduring change Mm. um that's what Solstice represents. I mean, it's it's actually even present in her name because her name does not represent what she is now. Mm-hmm. Because she is what she is now because she has survived what she has survived. She has made it through so much and has adapted and not been beaten or, or sort of made malleable you know, by her circumstances, but she has adapted to them. And so I think that concept is, for better or worse... Um, and it could be bad. <laughs> but for better or worse, she's grabbing that. And um, I guess the fates will tell us what that means. I'm going to put the survivor um, between the sea and black book between... Hmm. That's kind of... That's like straight dead center, actually. Uh-huh. So that's kind of cool. That
0: is cool. All right. Now we will flip a blog cards. I will take one for the world, and you'll take one for you. So. Great. Our heroes and world have changed over the course of this adventure, and this describes how. So maybe we'll just read what they are and then interpret them after. Okay. I pulled Arbalists, Opportunists in the Canopy, Picking Off the Weak and Abandoned, um, or Stewards of the Land Who Require Sacrifice of Blood
2: and Bond. Good. I got Spinster, a recluse obscured by obligation, rootless and efficient. Flipside, an affable hermit, a professor
1: lost in thought. Hmm. Great.
0: I'm picking stewards of the land who require sacrifice of blood and bond. Because I think that I think that the host and their hunters survive. And the mountain also survives. The host, now having a much better concept of what the mountain is and what the mountain does, begins to build up the town in a way that reminds you of the labyrinth, this extended test of will for people who are seeking power from the mountain and while their hunters are out scouring the land and bringing down gods uh, the host is building a new pantheon
2: wow okay great
0: but doesn't have the orb you're the one who has the orb now so
2: i do i do curious uh, as to what you're uh, so doing with it. spinster is a recluse and this fascinating turn of phrase obscured by obligation hmm. and then is it what is it it's ruthless and efficient Rootless. Rootless and efficient. Um, Solstice is removed from civilization. um, And she has the prism. And she protects it with all of the cunning and power she can muster. Mm. She doesn't hole up in a fortress. She isn't hiding in one place. She is like one amongst the shadows every night. Mm. Because so long as she has the prism, her history is true.
1: Mm.
2: this idea of enduring change it doesn't mean that that's the future that will be true but it means that that is the prominent thing that has happened before it means that that's the theme and it means that that's what people can look to she's protecting an abstract idea that hopefully maybe people will look to
0: Mm. that's spindle
2: yeah yeah it is
0: i maybe should have let you go first actually i wonder
2: like for the ending? Yeah. I mean, if you. I feel like if you want to add something to the ending, I mean. That's
1: true. Hmm.
2: We have this magical thing <laughs> that you're doing called editing.
0: That's true. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Okay. So, in the case of. I think, okay, the things that I said about the host and their city are still true, but I think there's something further than that in that on your travels as you guard this prism which is an extremely unicorn thing to do um, Oh man. It's so good
2: I didn't mean to do that but,
0: uh... You find more things like the river You find, in the absence of the harvest god, you find these spirits These You find a, a grove who stands and walks the same way that the river did and you find a sort of restoration of the creatures that were writ large across the mountain's face as monsters. They are strange and terrifying in the same ways that you are. They still require sacrifice of blood and bond, but they're not gods. No one worships these. No one even really knows about them. They look over the land and over the creatures and people in them. And it is, I think, proof of the change that you are safeguarding.
2: Yeah, that's a really good after-credits scene.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there we go. Now it's done. Now we're done. <laughs> now it is. Now it is. Wheel Stories is an actual play podcast of Spindle Wheel, a tarot-like storytelling card game. I'm Sasha, your host and game designer. You can follow me on Twitter at Sasha underscore Joining me this episode was Mike. You can find him on Twitter at me and ampersand. Mike also put together the wonderful track in the middle of this episode, The Strain of Solstice. Spindlewheel is currently in open beta. You can check it out and print and play the whole thing at tinyurl.com slash spindlewheel dash open
1: beta. You can also follow us on Twitter at tcabbage. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.